Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode 130, and today we will be talking about how going abroad or living abroad or maybe even traveling abroad can change you as a person and how it has changed Jared and I, because I know we definitely have not been the same people since we've spent our time abroad, and I think it's safe to say that every trip or every travel you take changes you in some way. So we'll be getting a little reflective today, maybe a bit nostalgic. We're looking forward to you joining us today to discuss how going abroad and living abroad and traveling abroad can change you. So without further ado, my partner in crime, my good buddy, what's going on, Jared? I'm a changed man. I can feel it in my bones. I'm a changed man. I'm a new man. I'm a better person. I've changed. I promise. Please come back, everyone. And <laughs> spread a little love. Follow us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. Twitter, Untranslatable One, the number one. I've been retweeting some interesting stuff that's been going on. For example, a plane carrying 326 passengers diverted after a pilot spills coffee. We'll get to that later if you're interested. Uh, okay. I'm curious um, to hear more about that. You can also uh, email us on untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com, untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. I'm trying to enunciate. And you can um, slide into our, DMs, our DMs or email inboxes. <laughs> our or DMs. emails. I love it. <laughs> As I'm trying to enunciate, I just slur that into one thing. Um, and give us untranslatables, which are idioms, sayings, proverbs uh, that don't really make any sense if you translate them directly to English. But they do have a meaning in whatever language it is that they're from. You'll hear some later today. Um, or obviously... Spread a little love. With those five-star reviews. Pajolsta. That's Russian for Absolutely. please. Uh, we miss you, David. That's true, actually. And he just got to the Czech Republic a couple days ago. So Oh, yeah. He's, I need he's to teaching reach again, out to isn't him. he? Yeah, he is. So he's staying back in uh, Haradets. For our new listeners, David is a, a good buddy of... Mine. I would say it's safe to say stuff. after the podcast we've done, he's become a buddy of Jared's. I hope so. Uh, in, in, a, in a way. And uh, he's a great guy. And yeah, so he spent time with me in the Czech Republic and was my right-hand man in the Czech Republic and uh, mm-hmm. is now back there. So we hope you had safe travels, yeah. David. We hope you're enjoying it. And Chad uh, would always... I don't know if he ever said this on the podcast, but definitely when we weren't recording, he'd always call uh, David his sidekick. <laughs> That's right, or my broski. We we have we have come up with so many different derivatives of the word bro. I cannot believe it, and I have to tell you, Jerry, ham. I was right. I was talking to my students about David uh, when I was still in the oh, Czech wow. Republic, and it was really funny because my students would always ask me. Usually, my Thursday or my Friday classes, they would say, "What are you doing on the weekend?" And when I would tell them I was going to Prague, they'd all kind of roll their eyes because there's kind of this love-hate relationship with Prague and, and pretty much everywhere else in the Czech Republic. Just because it's a tourist um, hole. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And and I think a lot of people take Prague as like what the real Czech Republic is. And I would say you get right. fragments of it, but it's very touristy and, and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. But anyways, but then I would explain to them, no, I'm going to Prague to see my buddy because otherwise it's a three-hour or maybe even longer train ride for us to go see each other in our prospective cities and then they're like oh okay and i explained to my one group of students how we would we started off calling each other broski and then we would 
then we would change it to a different kind of like a more Slavic sounding. So like Brat- Bratslav, because like Václav <laughs> is an actual Czech name. Um, or what else? Uh, uh, Brodek, uh, Radek is another Czech name. So we would try to make these like oh, Czech wow. endings to the word bro, and, and it got pretty, pretty crazy. Of course, Brozif is an easy one. Brohanis, mm. uh, Broham, uh, Prometheus. Brotato chip is another good one. Yeah. Yeah. Brosif so, Salon. So, <laughs> exactly. Is that a good There's, one to use? Because you're not. trying to use the. <laughs> Especially not in the Czech Republic, that's for sure. But uh, yeah. So, anyways, Dave, we hope you're doing well. And uh, yeah, but I'm curious, Jared. I got, a, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. I saw our story, either our story or our photos on Instagram. That yes. You went to the fireworks. You stayed at the Tigers game to the fireworks. Oh, I did. I how did. was the game and how were the fireworks? Well, first of all, we lost. It was 6-2, two, two, I believe, for the Baltimore uh, Oilers. Typ- typical we did Tigers. Get there, we did get there a little late. So because uh, I knew that... Um, so we, we got dinner uh, and drinks at this bar, uh, bar restaurant place uh, you know, in the area in Detroit beforehand. And because I knew... Oh, also, I took um, bird scooters for the first time. Oh, cool. Um, nice. Uh, it was raining. Probably not the best time to try for the first time. Um, probably not, no. Dude, have you ever ridden any of those before? I haven't. They look like a lot of fun. They go, like, legitimately fast. It was kind oh, of surprising. It. I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, le- <laughs> legitimately fast. It cut, like, a 15-minute walk down to, like, uh, five minutes, and that was with stops because good. it was raining. Right. Um, anyway, and you probably weren't going as fast because it was raining. I right, bet you if right, it right, wasn't right. raining, you would have gotten there in three minutes flat, just boom. Right, thirty seconds. But yeah, um, <laughs> I know what you meant. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So we went to a Tigers game. My girlfriend's never been to a Tigers game, and we're um, you know she's uh, she, never she, been to a me. baseball game. That's right? what I meant to say. She's never been to a baseball game. It was fun though. Like there were not there were not a lot of people there, which kind of helped make it fun. I think because it was even added more to sort of that chill environment. We had a seat that actually turned out might have been better than the seat that we went to, but we like did just did a lap of it and we're like let's just sit here. It's empty and it's closer, and we nice. were though in foul ball zone. Ooh, no okay. joke. Three you didn't foul. Bring a glove though, did you? No, but. Three foul balls were within our area. One and a half of them were legitimately within striking distance of, of me getting it if I actually tried. Okay. Um, but, and you didn't um, try? I, you know, I didn't react until it was too late. I just wasn't okay. really thinking about it, to be honest with you. You got to be quick, that's for sure. You, uh, yeah. You, now, okay, so you didn't have a glove. Did you have a hat, you or Sydney? Were either of you wearing hats? No. Oh, is that a problem? Dude, it wasn't a, so unprepared for fall I have ball. no Tigers gear. The, the closest thing to the Tigers gear I have is the triple crown shirt from Delt that we had. Oh, fair enough. At least that's Tiger colors. I, um, I have no I have no Tiger stuff. Well, you you don't even need a ti- like. So if a foul ball comes at you, I've been oh, to a lot of ball games. Catch it with my hat, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, if you don't God, have a glove, you use your, your hat. Because otherwise, I mean... Depending on how high that thing is coming down, that thing will hurt. Like you could definitely like break never... a finger if you caught it wrong. Oh, for sure, for sure. I feel like I've never been prepared, or excuse me, I've never been in an area where I where like I was close to getting a ball before. Okay, this That's was the fair. first time where I was not only in striking distance but multiple times. And not only was I in striking distance multiple times, but I was also close enough to where um, like foul balls that were close, the ball boys would just toss them over. Granted, they never give them to me. 
a man with a beard. Like usually they find right. the children. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. Come yeah. on. Come on. <laughs> the funny the funniest thing I ever saw was this this kid uh had his glove and he and he already had a baseball in his glove, right? Um oh, and, I he, see, yes. and somebody tossed him the foul ball and and then he reached into his glove and handed these cute girls sitting next to him. Yes. The 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 baseball he already had in his glove, which I highly doubt was a professional, you know, major league football. Right, and handing it to the girls, and the girls like, oh, they were like so touched. It's like y'all just got played. (laughs) And he was like, he looked like he was probably like twelve or thirteen. I was like, this guy's Mm -hmm. a professional. Right, Um, dude was smooth for sure. But so we had a pretty Detroit-filled weekend, also because then the next day on Saturday we went to the DIA. Which is which oh, is the sweet. Detroit Institute of Art. It's been a while Please since I've been there. Please tell me you took pictures. Only the only picture I took was of the. Uh, it's hard to take pictures in an art place because it's hard to decide what to take. But I did pick, take a picture of the iconic. Uh, what do you, I don't know what you call it, but at least the two sides oh, of the like mural. the iconic. Uh, yeah, the yeah, mural. mural that's there. And uh, Sydney Diego actually, Rivera, my girlfriend. Nice. Before she we she even she's never seen that before. She's never been to the DIA before. Um, but as she stepped into it, uh, she already knew who the artist was. I don't even remember who it was now. But uh, she's like, oh, yeah, it was Diego this Rivera. Yeah. And I was like, how'd you know right. that? And she's like, oh, I just recognize yeah. it. But anyway. That was uh, um, the terrible husband of Frida Kahlo. Fun fact. I did not know that. Yeah. I forgot Brilliant. how giant the DIA was. So oh, it's we, huge. We, um, were that we were there for maybe about an hour and a half, t- uh, and we only focused on the modern art section. And honestly, we probably could have spent a little more time in the modern art section. We didn't see all of it. And we were talking about mm-hmm. how, you know, we'll go in chunks and we'll just check out different wings and stuff. We didn't even get through the whole modern art section. It's great, though. But what I love it's about the idea. DIA is if you have a Michigan license, which we both do, it's free. You just walk right in. No, excuse me. Mm, I take that back. Be, you have to yeah. live in some. Of the, you have to live in the Metro Detroit counties. You have to live yes. in Macomb, yes. Oakland, um, or two. There's four, I believe. I don't remember the right. other ones were, but the main right. Metro Detroit counties. Exactly. Yeah, and I tell you what, buddy. The the couple times I've been to the DA, I went with my dad, and you know our listeners maybe don't know, but my dad is a huge art nerd. I mean, has a has a master's degree in art. If you've uh, that ever you got seen at us, the Academy of Fine Arts, if you've ever seen us on YouTube, um, especially when Chad and I were together, that giant Jimi Hendrix painting behind us was painted by your dad. I don't know if That's we right. ever even mentioned that. <laughs> I think I don't know. Maybe, maybe we, we, we probably didn't should have the first time yeah. we brought it out. But, but yeah, so shout, shout out, out to you, to Dad, for, yeah. for the awesome <laughs> backdrop for our podcast. But yeah, so yes. I went with him to the DIA, and uh, it's although I love going with him because I learn a lot of random stuff. Mm. Um, and I really like to see him just like, I like to step back and, uh, you know, a lot of people go observe the art. I like to go to observe <laughs> my dad observing the art. Well, that's like his ultimate nerd, nerd spot. Right. I mean, that's like when we went to the rock and roll hall of fame, I feel like mm. my dad in a way got to see me as him in a different <laughs> setting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but he's like also super interested show. in music, so it wasn't <laughs> quite the same. But anyways, when we went to the DIA, though, the reason why I'm bringing this up is he had mm-hmm. me take pictures of everything. So I'll have to look and see. It's probably on my other phone, um, but I can send some your way. Yeah, that'd be he, great. He, yeah, it was just so funny. Like we'd walk by and he'd go take a picture. And I'm like, you literally have a smartphone <laughs> in your pocket. Like you could take pictures of all of yeah. these. 
and have them on your own phone. I don't even need to send them to you because then it loses a bit of the quality unless you uh, airdrop it. But anyways, yeah, that's cool though. That's true. You guys went to the DIA. I don't know. Well, I think airdropping it, it's probably saved. It's the same quality, but I know if you email stuff, um, you know, if it compresses compresses the size or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, back to your weekend, though, buddy. So you went to the Tigers game, got to see the fireworks, which yes. I love looking at that backdrop Dude, of the, the Detroit fireworks, skyline. I, I, I forgot that's why we brought that up. We're crazy. <laughs> oh, so I'll bet. The way they do it is they roll out these, th- these three just flat trailers, and then the trailer is just a firework missile machine gun. And it's literally just like, just shooting yep. off fireworks at And I was like, how are there that many fireworks in this flat trailer? And it was a solid maybe like 20-minute show. Oh, yeah. And it was yep. just like a full just like machine gun status of fireworks. And it was great. Right. And um, I'm glad we stayed. You know, I actually... Uh, my girlfriend really wanted to stay. So even though, you know, when we're in, say, uh, inning six, we got there around inning four or maybe three or four. So when we were getting to inning six, seven, I was like, all right, so we're actually going to do this, huh? Oh, so we are going <laughs> to see the fire. Yeah. Oh, so you do. Oh, you like fireworks. Interesting. Um, it was worth it, though, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. And it actually, it didn't, it, it flew by. I had a great time because it's just a great place to hang out. Like, uh, yeah, I, I got a, I got a Miller Lite, which is, you know, one of the rare places I'd probably order a Miller Lite, but it Paid probably $10 there. for it. It was actually $10 and 50 cents. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> what else did you get? Any other ballpark treats like a hot my, dog or pretzels uh, or something? My girlfriend wanted a pretzel and that was, I believe $5. Okay. Not great, but better than ten dollars for a Miller Lite of all things. I don't think it is better. I, th- I think no. I think okay. the Miller should be two dollars and the pretzel should be fifty cents. <laughs> <laughs> you're, t- you're talking like a high school sporting event now, Jared. <laughs> do they oh, sell beer great. at your high school sporting events? I don't think they do. I don't think they did either. I don't I would, think they I'd, do. I'd probably assume they didn't. Although, so, shout out to my high school football team real quick, because they won, I guess, the other day, like 64 to nothing. And my high school football oh, wow. team historically has not been great. So, shout out to the Dexter Dreadnoughts. Yes. I think it was like 64 nothing. Um, Brilliant. So, yeah. So, at least so, one of my football teams did okay this weekend. So, Chad, I had... Oh, yeah, I saw that. I had a, um, a story I wanted to talk about. But before we even get to that, we don't even have okay. to talk about that. Because I want to know if there's any uh, any Genon updates or any new uh, any China stuff. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, what are you doing with your weekends? Are you are you are you getting out of the house? Nope. Well, I'm walking around. I'm walking around a couple spots to try to find. Yeah, still trying to find restaurants. I mean, I'm going to tell you what though. Uh, I don't remember if it was Friday or Saturday. It's all kind of a blur now. But one of the days I woke up. I had a bit of a scratchy throat, and I thought, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> that sounds um, just how you would think. You're like, right. it's happening. <laughs> right. But I drank lots of water, and I have, like, mm-hmm. these, like, basically kind of, like, airborne tablets that are, you know, for your, like, immune system. Oh, yeah. Had, yeah. A, had a couple like of those. Like an emergency kind of thing. Right. And then I slept quite a bit. Um, I think it was on Saturday. Slept quite a bit, and we're good to go. We're fine. But... uh I did try some. I did try some new Chinese food. I messaged you about it. Um, the super oily food I tried. So oh, there's yes. this. Yes. There's this fast food place, like a Chinese fast food place near my, uh, not too far from my apartment here in uh, Jinan. And so I went there, and I ordered. It's always funny because you know my 
Chinese, especially let alone reading the characters, is terrible. Like I can't mm-hmm. make you know right to left, no no idea what what any of the characters mean. So I've, I'm you know basically dependent on my Google Translate app. Mm-hmm. So I held it up to the thing and it said, um, where did it say it was like um, boiled and skewered chicken, and it was like looked kind of like a bowl, and I could tell like there were like potatoes in there. So I was like, all right, this this looks fine. So I get it. And the funny thing is with most Chinese dishes, unless it's a specified dish of how you're supposed to cut the slices of meat, usually at least from where I've seen pork and chicken, the bone is still attached in mm-hmm. the chicken or in the pork. Which seems now, really what this unfair means is, as an all-chopstick culture. Well, actually, you grab the, the bone with the chopstick because it sticks out. Oh. So that's how you, you eat it. it but my dex, right. But my dexterity with chopsticks is still horrible. So, <laughs> so that means basically like all the pieces that were attached to the bone, one, they're like super chewy and it's mm. kind of card, cartilage-esque. Cartilage. cartilage. Yeah. It's yeah. like a lot of cartilage. And, you know, and this is when I realized, Jared, like one, our dining culture in the States is a lot different than here in China. Um because like we're at least for me i only eat certain cuts of chicken like basically breast or thigh like that's really all we eat i can tell you that i have no idea right wing or or drumstick wing or breast and that's Mm -hmm. pretty much all we eat in the states whereas here dude like there were so many parts that i'm like i don't know what this is and because (laughs) it's all cooked in soy sauce it's all brown yeah um and it's and it's kind of chewy it has kind of a rubbery chewy consistency and I didn't realize how spoiled we were in terms of the way we eat meat in the States because it all still had the skin on it and like to the point where, you know, you have to pluck the feathers and like the skin, it just, oh. ugh, it just, so that kind of, the, the, the greasiness of it already made me lose my appetite a little bit. I'm still a bit, it's weird. I'm weirded out when the, when it's like big bones in it. But I was eating wings the other day and that doesn't weird me out when there's bones in the wings. So I think I'm just weird about bones in certain cuts of chicken but not the wings i don't know but an but early teaser helps that you know what the wing is you don't really know what right the part of the it, chicken is exactly and you're talking about picking feathers out well no 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 no. you don't pick feathers out you just the skin is on there and the right. skin is you know you oh, can see so you can you know, see the like the feather from, yeah, yeah yeah i got you i got you i got you right right mm-hmm. um no it's not that bad where but i will say at the grocery store some of the eggs still have feathers on them but that kind of goes to show you that they're fresh yeah um, yeah that's, so really that's a little different right but yeah so anyway so i went there and uh i ate about half my meal and um it was okay, but definitely a little oily. And this is when I started to wonder. I'm like, oh, is today going to be the day when I'm going <laughs> to do the toilet dance? Thankfully, we were good. Um, it was fine. Yeah. I do have to thank my colleagues at the university because this weekend was uh, what they call Mid-Autumn Festival. And so what you do is you eat mooncakes, which are these... Well, here, I have the thing right here. I'll just grab it real quick. So mooncakes are basically these treats that they eat... <laughs> during the spring f- or spring festival during mid-autumn festival and so in china the interesting thing is there are whole aisles in grocery stores with gifts and so the gifts sorry the gifts usually come in like this nice bag and so this has like a bunny and a moon 85 rb am i seeing uh 85 degrees which i think is the name of the company that makes these oh, mooncakes oh, okay but anyway so so you know it comes in this nice little bag and then you pull out this big case. It's almost like a big thing of chocolates like we would have back in the States. And then let me... Oh, 
open it the wrong way. Let me open it the right way. And I'll show you and describe to the listeners what these are. So I only had one. I have like, let's see, two, four, I have like eight of them. So I need to get to chowing on these. But anyways, Jared, they're like these little cookies. For our listeners on YouTube, you can see this. I'll try to describe this for the ones on our other pod platforms. But anyways, it's like this little, it's like this, this cake that has like, um, I don't think vanilla is the right flavor but it has kind of a vanilla-esque like outer part of it and then on the inside there are different fillings the one i had the other day was chocolate and that was really good but the interesting thing about china is the stuff that they have for sweets is a lot different than what we have and an example of this is the other day i had a yogurt and i thought it was going to be berries on top right like we do that in the states all the time you Mm -hmm. know berries and yogurt guess what was actually on top of the yogurt jared uh, vegetables. You're not, eh, they're not vegetables, but red beans. Oh, so it was yogurt with red beans. And it was actually not too bad, but like, that's just something that we, we in the States, I don't they think like, would ever they use. sweet though? No, it was just like a regular, like a red little bean, a lentil. Um, but I know that w- one of these will probably also be a red bean, uh, moon cake. Cause I know that's a thing. Um, so okay. it's interesting what, what we deem as to be one sec, sorry. What we deem to be like, like dessert usable versus, uh, exactly versus and so so that's the one thing is that the <laughs> sorry i put it away now i can talk directly into the mic um i was dying but yeah so so that was interesting watching that the other uh, i got a couple other quick observations and then we can move on to some other stuff a quick observation of mine is that uh it's really i find it very adorable and really sweet a lot of uh, girls here, when they walk around with their friends, they either lock arms or they hold hands. Um, mm. And I'm not, and I'm not seeing a bunch of lesbians. I'm, you know, it's become so frequent that I'm like positive that's just what girlfriends do here. Now the dudes obviously don't do that. Another observation, small observation. Well, obviously, I, they do that in some uh, countries. They do, they do. Uh, a couple of different Middle Eastern countries, uh, men hold hands and men's even peck each other on the lips sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, so anyways, another observation though, dude, is I should have came here with no sneakers because they have the craziest and coolest color schemes on sneakers. And I went and I wasn't sure at first, like I'd see all these sneakers. I'm like, hmm, are these counterfeit? You know, are these, are these real? Like, are, can you really get these crazy colors? I was wandering around this mall near my apartment that I haven't been into. Uh, and that was, that was quite an experience too, just seeing all the different stores. And the weird thing was though, I only saw two clothing stores for guys and I saw over 10 for women. So that was also kind of interesting. Um, but anyways, the color schemes, dude, like I saw these dope air force ones that were purple, green, white, and black, and they looked sick. They looked really (laughs) awesome. Are are they like, um, did you see like the prices? Are they normal? prices that we would be used to um, here or are they like let, a shockingly me, cheap or something let me look there i mean it's definitely probably close to i think it was about four thousand rmb which actually is kind of expensive now that i think about it holy shit no that can't be <laughs> that can't be right i don't think they were four thousand were they 400 i bet you they were 400 what's four thousand four thousand is 500 Uh, $500. No, I think they were about 400, (laughs) which is $56 actually, which is pretty cheap. That's not that bad. Um, Yeah. So, so I might, I might buy a couple dope pairs of sneakers while I'm here. I have seen some for sure counterfeit ones. I've seen the, I've seen Nikes. I've seen where it's supposed to be air forces, 
but the swoosh on the left or right on the outer side of the foot goes the wrong way. Um, oh. I'm pretty sure that's a counterfeit. You have a good eye. Right. But they, but so that's another thing. And uh, for our what our viewers out there or listeners on YouTube, I'm wearing this pink and blue shirt that I ended up buying yesterday because I was walking I was around. That. I was walking around late at night last night. Um, well, not really late, like around seven thirty, eight o'clock, late for us old you farts, rebel. I guess. I know, right? <laughs> and I saw this shirt a while back, and I was like, you know, that's a really cool. Like, I like the colors. I, I don't have yeah, any like pink flannels. You know, it's pink and navy blue. And, and I looked at it and I'm like, you know, I wonder like if the material is it like really thick. It's not super thick. It's it's thin enough where uh, you won't get overheated, but it's the like a flannelly material enough where if it's a cooler evening, you also will stay warm with it. And mm-hmm. so I saw this and I was like, all right, this this is a cool shirt. I'm going to go in there. And I finally mustered up the courage to go in there and, and I asked the guy, um, oh shoot, I don't remember how to say it now, but I asked him in Chinese how much. And he told me, and he realized, like, I didn't understand the number. So he got exactly. a calculator and, and put it in there. Um, right. Time and the funny thing was, though, Jared, I, I told him, uh, and thank you to our my good friend Rachel for sending us that song by Transition, Dwe Buchi, because I actually used the phrase in the song to tell him, I'm sorry, my Chinese isn't very good. I said, Dwe Buchi. Which is, you know, I'm sorry, my Chinese is bad. Wow. And so the guy, the guy, like, he respected me for saying that. And the funny thing is, I'm sure I probably paid more than what a Chinese person would pay, um, right, when I bought this. But he told me initially 95 RMB, um, which I've looked at other places, though, and for clothing, it seems like it hovers around that range. So I might have paid 10, 15 RMB more than what maybe a Chinese person would pay. I don't really know because there were no set prices anywhere. I didn't right. try to haggle with the guy. Um, but, but the I funny like, thing was... I feel like you feel like haggling It feels like uh, offensive. I don't think it is. Pro- probably not. I probably could have told him like 80 RMB. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably would have been fine with it. But anyways, I mean, I paid 13 US dollars for this shirt, which is, I think, not too bad. At least yeah. US prices. I got to get used to it. But the funny thing about it, though, Jerry, is when I asked him, I, I typed in my Google Translate, do you have this in my size? And in the States, I'm usually a large, but I figured here, you know, sizes are going to be a little different. So I said large or extra large. And he said, sure. And he goes down and, and kind of finds finds one. And I tried on it, it fits. I didn't even look at the size. I tried it on, I'm like, all right, this this fits, comfortable, cool, I'll take it. And so I go to pay, and he had told me 95 or 96 RMB. I had I handed him a hundred dollar bill, and he handed me 10 back. So I actually only paid okay. 90 for it. All right. And I I have a theory. The cool white boy how, special. Uh, <laughs> well, my theory is that <laughs> I initially asked him how much it cost before I told him, I'm sorry, my Chinese is very bad. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that, he was just like, all right, you know what? He tried, I'll take off five RMB. You know, it's not much, but <laughs> maybe, but the, maybe. but the funny thing about this, Jared, is um, I want to show you, usually like in the States, when you buy a, a flannel, usually it's plain right? There's no writing on it. Here, mm-hmm. it's all the rage, and I'm not a huge fan, but it's all the rage to buy shirts with, like, writing on them, right? Yeah, and I don't so, like that either. So, right, but so I'm going to try to hold this up for you so you can, so you can see it, but basically... I was not expecting that. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me through my shirt, but basically what this says is it says, stretch the limit, it's a stretch the limit. It has. I'm pretty sure that's Korean, not Chinese. <laughs> it does look like well, Korean, here. from what I know. 
Here, it says stretch the limit. Uh, I do very has, bad things, and I do them very well. Yeah, there you go. So when I saw that on the back of it, I was like, I have to buy this. Like, I can't. Because at first, I'm like, oh, great. There's writing on the back. Like, I don't want this. Oh and then gosh. I read it, and I'm like, this is kind of hilarious. So I was not expecting that. And the funny thing was I thought about wearing this shirt to teach in when I first saw it. And then I saw the back, and I'm like, I'm going to be writing on the board. <laughs> and they're going to read, I do very bad things. I'm like, mm, probably shouldn't wear this to teach it. Yeah, I do them very well. <laughs> That's right. Um, but Jared, what size do you think this is? Uh, I mean, my guess was just extra large. But I assume nope. it's bigger than that. 3XL. I am a 3XL oh in China. I'm a chunky boy here, Jared. So usually in the U.S. you'd wear what? Like a medium to a, to a large. Right. Exactly. I mean, medium medium's a little tight, but I could squeeze okay. into it. But right. yeah, here apparently I'm a 3XL. Dude knew my size right away, though. Like he looked at me, grabbed the thing, fit perfect. So that makes sense. But I now we that. know. I yep. was that made my day. I was not expecting that on the back. Right, stretch the limit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Korean below it, not Chinese, because the characters look a little different. Yeah, because yeah, Korean tends. I don't know, obviously, but Korean, from what I remember, tends to look round more rounded off like yeah, that. Yeah, it has circles and stuff, and yeah, like I have my I have my water right here, and you can see the characters on it, and and it's there's no circles, there's no Nung roundness to Nong Fu Spring. Yeah, it's my water spring. here. But yeah, so anyways, so that was kind of cool, though, going in there and talking to him. I probably could have tried to barter with him. Um, I Now, in hindsight, though, dude, like I, I brought a bunch of, especially bunch of button downs because I thought I wouldn't be able to find many clothes my size. Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of like, Ugh, I should have brought less button downs because they have some really cool color schemes here and stuff is a little different. Right. So your boy might just ball out at some point and just have to really pack my stuff. I did have... I did have a lot of extra. I was under both my suitcases by like four pounds. So, right. and plus I probably won't have any toiletries when I come back or not many of them. So that'll be more space. But anyways. Yeah. Start justifying it now. That's a good idea. That's and, right. um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm with you though. I, I think you should, uh, you should, especially since you can get like, like you're not going to, you're not going to like uh, H&M and G9 and just getting just like it the same thing you get anywhere you're you're right. you're interested in these unique things and if you go back to this guy again for other shirts um maybe it'll be easier or maybe later you'll be maybe more inclined to haggle a little bit just because you have a sort of a rapport with them or he'll even right. knock off an extra five rmb because he's like all right white right. boy thanks for right. coming back exactly yeah and i know and the I'm place is within as, walking as distance excuse. to my place i've always just wanted to call you white boy but uh you can I'm using the that's all right as an excuse to what, do it what white boy chat is is here what can i say but yeah so and they had a lot of nice shirts actually uh, and but this is the one that really caught my eye and i was like i'm i'm doing this getting a getting a pink flannel in china when in china would you ever right? wear that in so. the u.s Oh hell yeah, of course. Okay, especially with the goofy writing on the back. Are you kidding? Well, me? that's what that's what I was talking about. Not that's especially because of that. About. Now I might even have to try. Like I almost bought a sweater the other day, like a sweatshirt that said, "Whoa, what did it say on it? I should have taken a picture of it." It said something like, "Oh, what did it, it wasn't say?" Also the, wasn't also like in Czech Republic they seem to wear a lot of shirts that have sayings and words and phrases on them right one that you'd be like wow i would not wear that in public well it wasn't that i wouldn't wear them in public it's just like it's so random and you can tell that they just put english on there to be cool a funny shirt i saw the other day was this guy had a windbreaker on 
and it looked like they had taken really, really old newspaper stories and just plastered them on there. Um, oh, so yeah, I was like reading a some of them. Note or something. Yeah. Right, right. Well, it, it, so it was like little blocks of like, you remember when, I don't know, did you ever play with like Silly Putty as a kid? Yeah, a little bit. So you know how you could like flatten out the Silly Putty and press it on oh, like a yeah, comic yeah, yeah, or newspaper? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It looked kind of like people did that, but just all over his windbreaker. Oh, but it was okay. all in English. Um, and so and so it's, it's yeah, a lot of the stuff here clothing wise, I think they just add English on there to be cool. Like one, one other flannel I saw was a red and black one. And then on the like left, like upper breast part of the flannel, it said youth. <laughs> it's so, just random words. Right, right. I mean, at least with this one, like it's random words, but it's kind of funny, you know? Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's why I got it. So. Saying something, even if it is right. you know, kind of ridiculous. And hey, we do try to stretch the limit here at the Untranslatable Podcast. That's so true. What can that's I say? That's true. Yeah, might have to become the new untranslatable uniform for China. Since I had the laid back vibes in the Czech yes. Republic, now it's stretched yes. the limit. Yes, so I there we it. go. I love it. There we go. But anyways, uh, other than that, though, dude, things have been going good in China. I got nothing else new to add for you for now. Now, Chad, I know you love you love it. You love spread um, a little love. One of your favorite segments. We uh, we've talked a lot. Could you give us one one shout out for today? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I can shorten it for today. No problem. No problem. I, I don't want we we still have untranslatables to get to here. We do. We have we have a lot of stuff. And you know what? I'm going to give my shout out today to China because there's been a lot of research that shows that China has actually made even more progress on environmental pollution. Um, it's begun to decline even more. Uh, and so it's really great. And so China's economy continues to grow, which is also great. But at one point, it seemed like their economic growth was kind of parallel to the pollution that they were putting out in the environment. And now they've mm-hmm. done a great job of making it cleaner. I've only had a couple days so far where the air quality has been bad enough to wear my mask, which is great. So you don't wear it every um, day? No, no. And now I have an were, app. And you're in a specific, excuse me, uh, uh, especially high um, manufacturing area, if I'm not mistaken. Right, I am. Yeah. Well, where well, Jinan itself in the whole Shandong province is kind of an industrial province, but where I live, I live in kind of the university part of. I live on the. It's kind of weird. So I live in an outer district, and then in that outer district, I don't live right downtown in that district. I live at the like the university quarter. So mm-hmm. I am. I am away from the downtown downtown area, and I'm also away from the downtown part of my district here in Jinan. So I'm at a nice place where um, there's less air pollution and stuff. All right. Well, Jared, anyways, enough about Jinan uh, and the air quality because it's good. And we send lots of love to China for yes. cutting down their environmental pollution. That's absolutely you betcha. great. Mm-hmm. But now it's time for the main sake of our podcast, Jared, and I hope you happen to know what time it is. Ooh, there we go. I'm always ready. Always on time. Eager, some even say. <laughs> That's right. No one calls me eager. Uh, but I wish they did. Come on. Uh, my first one, uh, I'm going to start if you don't mind, please. Go for it. Is Dutch. And it's uh, Ofje Vorstelust. Hmm. Ofje, Ofje Vorstelust. Do you have desire to eat a sausage? 
I'm gonna uh, first of all, I'm gonna say yes on that. <laughs> really? A, okay. Well, it's do you like sausage? But I'm gonna like give sausage? that to you. Okay. Do you like sausage? Huh. Mm-hmm. Do you like sausage? Hmm. What could this mean? I'm trying to guess before you give me an example because I've been I've been being a little lazy lately, Jared, and you've been giving me lots of examples before I have I've even guessed. Let's see here. <laughs> Do you like sausage? Oh, I I don't even know. Like think the, the the part of the part of my gutter gutter brain is taking this down a path that I don't think is correct no. at all. No, you're no, um, no, no. Do you um, like sausage? But think about it this way. In in uh, I assume in many parts of the Netherlands they are very popular for many other sausages and there okay. are a lot of uh, tasty sausages okay. in the Netherlands. Is this just like are you hungry? No. Okay. So uh, you and I many many weeks ago when you first got to China you sent me your uh, schedule and we decided mm-hmm. oh okay we can easily record on these days mm-hmm. and uh, stay consistent on the pod because the people need us. And let's say this morning I messaged you and I said, uh, this morning for me, I guess, last night for you, I messaged you and said, hey, are we still recording a podcast later? And you would say, uh, do you, do like, you like sausage? sausage? Yes. Yeah, okay. So it's like, I don't even know how you'd put that in English. So like, it's kind like, of like, yeah, saying, of course, um, for it's sure. Like it's saying, clear. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, obviously, you know how it's obviously, like, um, right. Um, um, it's like, hey, are we going to be recording tomorrow? It's like, hey, does a, it's like, are we recording tomorrow? Does a kid get excited about cake? You know, where it's like, you say some other obvious, <laughs> right. like, obviously, yes statement or something like does that. Does a bear go to the bathroom in the woods? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's fair what enough. do you like sausages? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that one. That's pretty good. Or it's like, I'm surprised they do. <laughs> right. I'm surprised they don't have that in German because they love their yeah, sausage. Yeah, that's true. I'm surprised that's, that's not a German untranslatable as well. Maybe yeah. we need to make it into one. Or a Czech one. That's well, true. Right. That's, that's also true. They, that's true. They do <laughs> love their sausage in the Czech Republic. Oh, I miss Czech sausage. It was so good. Anyways, so I have, I have an Arabic one for you. And this, okay. this stems from my uh, meeting my uh, Arabic teaching colleague. I need to message him. Actually, I found out I do have his contact info. I need to message him. Uh, and I want to see if I can do English lessons and he'll teach me a little bit more Arabic because that would be mm-hmm. sweet. And I bet you I could get some direct untranslatables, Egyptian untranslatables. Oh, for, for sure. Anyway, from Egypt? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's from Egypt. Uh, and this one is, and I don't know if you've said this one before because you have done some Arabic ones in the past. I have. But, but, um, but that we'll see. Them. Um, so here we go. It is Mafish um, Halawa Mingirnar, which means there is no sweetness without fire. That one does not sound familiar to me. I don't think I have done that one. Okay. There is no sweetness without fire, or it's like no pain, no gain, essentially. I'll give that one to you. I'll give that okay. one to you. Or it's like you I mean, to, I would say nothing Nothing to... good comes easy. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. My next one is Yoruba, which is an African language spoken in... Oh, I'm sorry, Nigeria. People. Okay. There you go. And um, it is... Agba Kiwa Loja Kiori Omo Titun Owo. And it is... Do not go crazy... Do not let the new baby look. Oh, interesting. Is this like you just you you gotta 
Keep your composure even when things get tough. You got to stay cool as a cucumber. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. To avoid a bad reputation, uh, behave in a mature manner, uh, even if it's tough. Right. And that's one thing that I I think, a little teaser for our segment, even though we're not going to talk about it just yet, but I think that's something that uh, living abroad will do to you. Is make you yeah. a bit more have more composure in certain situations. I'd agree but with I have that. I have one more Chinese. I have uh, one more untranslatable, okay. and this one is Chinese. Please, before we get into the main segment, yes. which is, um, Sai Wang Shima. Uh, I think I pronounced that right. We'll see. But this is <laughs> when the old man from the frontier lost his horse, uh, and now this is often followed. So that's the four characters, but it's also f- it's also followed with. This one, and I don't have the Chinese, I don't have the, the pinyin, so I don't know how to say these characters. But the whole phrase that they say, so really this would be a double, so this would be an eight-character eight phrase. Usually they're only Cheng four. Yu. But yes, this is a Cheng Yu, and this is, um, so the whole phrase though is, because if I just give you the first part of it, it doesn't really make sense. But the first right. part of it is when the old man from the frontier lost his horse. But the whole phrase with the other eight, other four characters is, when the old man from the frontier lost his horse, how could one have known that it would not be fortuitous? So that's really the whole phrase. Where it's like you should have, like you, you should have expect, like you deserve what's coming to you. Essentially, how could you? I would say, how it's, the, I would say it's the opposite. No. So oh, when the su- old man lost his horse, how did? How could one not know that? How if we? How could one uh, predict that it would be a good thing? Oh, 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 okay. It was like a, a blessing in disguise. There we go. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. You know what I think a blessing, what, what would be a good example of a blessing in disguise? What's Traveling that, Jared? abroad. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? Absolutely. You know, no joke, it was actually moving abroad was a blessing in disguise for me, especially sixth grade me. I was probably 11 when I heard the news. You know, mm-hmm. eleven. I moved at 11 years old right before I was 12. But like it was, you know, in my little, you know, 11 year old brain, I was like, oh, no, I don't want to do this. I just started a new middle school and I'm just trying to make friends and blah, 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 blah. Right. And um, now as soon since I've been back, I've, I've, I've been like, man, it was such a blessing in disguise that I got the chance to to live abroad for four years. And I feel oh, so absolutely. lucky even to this day. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's the thing about moving abroad, especially when you're that young, Jared, is it kind of shakes up your whole world because you have mm-hmm. to establish a new social circle. You were moving to a country where English wasn't, I mean, they speak good English in Germany, but it wasn't right. the, the, the main language. Um, mm-hmm. I will say you were lucky, though, that uh, you were able to go to an international school because I think that gave you an even different perspective on, on Germany. Yeah. And I think it gave you a bit of a more multicultural background you know you've mentioned like you had friends from japan and and from all over the world um and you were also surrounded by very successful you know children of very successful people you know because let's let's be honest international schools are not cheap there are definitely some rich kids at my school right especially the german ones because most of them are actually paying to go there rather than like the expats usually a company would right would probably be paying for that exactly but that's also got to be a fairly reputable company to be able to put up that that's money, true. I would say. That's true. So a lot um, of money. But yeah. Yeah. What What were some of your, what were some of the things that you can think of how, how living in Germany changed you? I mean, it's, it's hard to say in some ways because it was so long yeah. ago. And plus, you, you were at a point where 
even living in the States, you would have changed and you would have grown because that's just a part of when you're right. 11 years old. That's a part of life. But mm-hmm. can you think of any examples or things that really stick out to you? I definitely dressed better. Um, I, I definitely think that that was a big one. I just was more aware of my clothes. Okay. Um, I think... Um, I think I, you probably, and I mean, you can you can agree to like you can definitely attest to this too, having lived abroad and and traveled many places. But you learn how to communicate with people. Like there is sort of a art to communicating with non-native English speakers that's clear. But they're not just clear. I think there's also something to not coming off as like patronizing, you know, like, right? Or super condescending. Sort of Absolutely, like condescending. That's actually what I, that's the word I actually meant to say. There is like a weird balance to where it's like you're you're not condescending people's to, like to people's uh, you know assuming that they're terrible or whatever. But also, right. there like there is there there are uh, shortcuts that people take in all their languages that a non-native speaker, even if a good speaker. Uh, you know, w- wouldn't be able to catch or understand. So it's just un- understanding where your, you know, the the sort of conveniences you have of knowing that language. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the thing that drives me crazy is when people, when people assume, and I think this is more so in the in the U.S. where we do have a bigger population of monolingual people, mm-hmm. where they assume when someone has an accent or they don't speak perfectly fluent or grammatically correct English that these people aren't intelligent. That drives me crazy because oh, yeah, one's, sure. one's ability in a foreign language does not um, does not have anything to do with their intellect, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, and, and it drives me crazy. And, and I think the reason why you and I can understand this so well is because we've been put in positions where you feel like a child. Well, I feel, like, feel a like a baby all the time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a baby all the time being in China. Like... Yeah, Half me the too. phrases I don't know, or, not, or I'll, I'll too, have to look at my phone. I know what you mean. Right. And so, so yeah. But I think that's another big thing and how, how it changes you is that um, I think it opens up your perspectives to different people, different ideas. And uh, I think it also opens up your brain to the idea of learning a foreign language. Because let's be honest, if you live in the U.S. your entire life and you never, never travel outside of the U.S. for long periods of time... Um, there really, I hate to say this, but there really is no point of learning a foreign language if you're not going to use it in your everyday life. Um, yeah, you know. I think that's fair. I think that's and, fair to and, say. And so, and so I think, though, when you travel abroad and you realize like, you're put in a position where you're like, I straight up can't communicate with people, it's a really humbling experience. I think it makes you... Um, like I remember when I came back from the Czech Republic, how excited I was that I could just have a small talk conversation <laughs> with people. And plus yes. in the Czech Republic, they don't really do small talk like we do in the States anyways. Um, but you know, it and also makes you appreciate certain aspects of your culture that you would take for granted otherwise, usually like making small talk. Mm-hmm. I would say though, um, yes, I agree with all of that. I would say though, in addition to that though, I think that even just like we're I'm, we're talking about living abroad. I think that even traveling has has made a big difference for me because even though I, I lived abroad as a kid, and I traveled a bunch throughout Europe and some other places when I was a kid. Now me as an adult, uh, traveling especially abroad. Uh, well, I mean traveling everywhere is on me. 
So like if I want to if I want to expand my knowledge or or expand sort of my repertoire of countries, it's no longer just on my parents to want to go places or want us to see want me and my sister to see things. So I think right. that uh, traveling is another skill that even though I have lived abroad and I do understand that there is a, a like inherently I can understand the benefit to that. Like I still have to like it still takes some effort on my own to make that happen. And I would say that um, once you do it, and, and, you know, especially for someone my age, there's, you kind of, it's always sort of, you know, for the average person my age, it's always sort of a sacrifice. Most people can never just make that uh, payment for a flight in hotels and just be like, all right, that's not, I didn't, I'm not about to make some level of sacrifice here. Like most people are making some level of sacrifice. But I think if you do it, uh, you know, once or twice, you can sort of understand the benefit of that sacrifice and see where your money is going in it. And even if you spend a lot of money, you know, whatever that might be, it never really feels uh, like a waste. Right. Uh, I would like, rather spend a lot of money on a trip than I think the like only a new other toy thing I could of some just, sort. Right. Guitar. I think the only, well, I was just going to say, I think that's the only thing I would justify spending a lot of money for other than travel. But would, would you, be, is, it would be a guitar. Now, obviously, guitars cost that much, mm-hmm. but like, do and I don't I don't know if this is getting too personal, but like, do any do you have any guitars that cost as much of as like a fifteen hundred dollar round trip flight? Oh yeah, okay. I got I have I have a handmade I have a handmade classical guitar I bought right before I graduated from Albion um, because I actually thought I was going to be maybe pursuing a master's in classical guitar performance. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, I was told by my teacher in Austria, actually, if you want to pursue a career, even even gig on the side at like weddings or something, it's really good to have a handmade concert model guitar because one, it's louder. Um, it's just, it's better quality. It'll last, you know, and as long as you take good care of it, it'll last your entire lifetime. So I will do tell you, you that, that one. And you're like, that was a mistake. Nope, okay. not at all. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know. It was it was about th- well, I got it. I got a good deal on it, Ooh. but it nowadays they're about three thousand or three thousand five hundred dollars somewhere around there. Oh my! Um, but they're hand. It's handmade. It's a double top classical guitar. I'll I'll spare you and all the listeners the nerdy details. But basically, <laughs> this sound from this guitar, I've never had or played a guitar classical guitar that sounded like this and is as loud as it, and it's beautiful. And you and you saw it actually during my senior recital at Albion. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so, a kind of orangish color guitar. Yeah, so you at least know where your money's going. There's that's good, right? But I will agree with you that I think the thing about travel is you're buying memories and experiences and not things. I mean, yeah, and obviously I, you need to buy a plane ticket and stuff like that. But I I agree with you. I think it's worthwhile. And I'm always kind of planning, like a, I think another benefit of traveling abroad is that it actually does has helped me with my finances in the sense that I'm always sort of plan even if I don't know where I'm going to be going I'm always planning with like all right within the next you know I just took a, a trip to um to Europe in March of, of 2019 so sometime within the within 2020 I'm hoping to take another trip so there, so so um, I'm not saying it's like made me some sort of financial guru by any s- stretch of the means because it definitely has not, but like <laughs> at least in, at least it gives me something to plan and save for, and it helps me Absolutely. sort of structure that around that because even if I don't know where it is I'm going, like I always know that's something that I'm always hoping to do 
essentially as soon as possible, you know? Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with and you, though. I think it, possible. it gives you something to look forward to. It gives you something to plan for mm-hmm. and be a bit more responsible with your money, which is always great. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing, speaking of money, though, another thing that traveling will do, especially if you go to different countries, is I've realized that my I've never been great at math, especially mental math, but I've gotten really good at figuring out what currencies are in in like usually u.s currency and Mm -hmm. that's kind of cool like when you can do that and now i've started to realize here like what you know certain like i think 100 rmb is roughly like 15 dollars or some somewhere around there Uh, jerry can Mm -hmm. check me on that math but i think it's somewhere (laughs) around there Um, i thought it was subtle and and so so With yeah so movements. that's the nice thing though is trying to figure out you know I still for the most part understand like 14, if I go back 14. to the there we go okay so less than fifteen dollars but you know if I go to the but Czech Republic um, I know you know because it's weird when you deal with currencies that you know especially you know U.S. dollars are going to be less than whatever currency so you know one one U.S. dollar I think is usually like twenty five or twenty four Czech crowns somewhere around there so I can go to the Czech Republic and roughly understand what i'm spending and i'm getting to that level here in china where i know what things are starting to cost at restaurants or mm-hmm. now now like a like a shirt i probably paid more than what the average chinese person would pay as i noted in the uh starting part of this podcast but you know understanding those things too i think is nice and it also gives you a different respect of the value of money because yes. you know what your money can do in one country could be completely different in another uh, and that's kind of yes. cool to see Definitely, and that definitely uh, became clear to both you and I uh, during your time and my time in the Czech Republic. Oh, definitely. That was the first time I'd, I'd been to a place where your dollar goes. Well, I guess that wasn't the first time I'd been to Tanzania. I was but, just about to ask you about Tanzania. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was a great example. I actually have in the back of my phone case, when I came back, I had two of these 2,000 shillings. Uh-huh. And I don't know exactly how much that's worth, but it's definitely not much i mean i guess i could figure it out but anyway um yeah you it, it, it is interesting to learn how far your your money your like your dollar can go and um okay i have another thing i was gonna look up how much that money was but it does oh actually it's right there another thing i had uh, oh wow wow <laughs> what all right what's what's so 2000 guess how much this 2000 uh this 2000 shilling bank of tanzania note is Twenty dollars. I'm gonna say you're a little high. Five dollars. I'm gonna say you're a little high. Two dollars. I'm gonna say you're a little high. One dollar. I'm gonna say you're a little high. Fifty cents. Uh, it's a little low. Eighty-seven cents. Holy! Cr- what can you buy? <laughs> what can you buy with two thousand shillings in Tanzania? Um, I don't remember. I mean, I, you could probably, but once again, it probably goes further than than one might think. Also, because. Right. Uh, Obviously, things are probably cheaper there in general. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, did, I, I knew it was... I feel like it's even gone down since uh, <laughs> I was there a couple of years ago. But anyway, uh, yeah, you do you do sort of understand uh, how much... Like, it does help you value your stuff, your own money better. And it also helps you sort of understand... Um, and I think stuff like that helped me understand a little more how accessible travel could be. Where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, maybe... Um, the the initial flight is expensive, but then once you get there, 
the the accommodations don't have to be and you can have great food at some of the nicest restaurants in cities like Hombatov and not really oh, break the bank from what we're, what we're used to here in right. the United States. Now we we are very lucky and fortunate coming from the United States mm-hmm. and travel. I think that's also worth mentioning. I would say if you're coming from Europe or you're coming from the United States um I think we're in a good position to travel and and we usually get decent bang for our buck. What else That's did you fair. want to mention, though, Jared? You had something else you wanted to mention. Yes. Traveling abroad and even living abroad gives me a better understanding of how things in my home operate, and mm-hmm. it gives me a better appreciation for my home. Absolutely. So I think, like, I think um, when I came back from Germany, for example, when I lived there, uh, I, I feel like I... Um, like I was excited to be back home, uh, even though like I wasn't like you know itching to get back home or like re- like theoretically ready to go home. But when I got home, I was like, oh, it feels good to be back. Oh, I missed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally forgot about this, or I forgot that. You know, even simple things. I don't know where it's like, oh yeah, I can get free refills, even though obviously I knew I could do that. It's just small things where you get so out of the habit of asking for certain things like free refills or water, and just getting right. free water or stuff like that. I'm just thinking of food related things, but there are other examples mm-hmm. or having to remember that if you go to a store the prices don't include taxes already so you have to do that math in your head again and right. it's like why do we do this <laughs> right. just give us the real price we, um, we might have to do an episode at some point of what we have come to appreciate the most about the u.s after traveling that would be a fun thing to okay, discuss sure. yeah that would be yeah, fun yeah. um but yeah i agree with you i think but i think not only does it make you appreciate things but i think it also makes you critical about other Mm -hmm. things and it gives you a broader perspective on like different lifestyles you know because yes i love the fact i I was sorry i didn't mean to cut you off go ahead uh i love the fact that i have to walk everywhere here like Mm -hmm. yes i could save a lot of time like i would love to get one of those little electric scooters they have here Mm -hmm. they're big it's bigger than like a bird um but it's not quite as big as a moped um, right, but, you can, but you can sit on them, but it's not like right. a, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Right, and I would love to get one of those, um, but it's like I'm walking everywhere. I feel better. I might have lost a little bit of weight since I've gotten here. I don't have a scale, but that's once I get paid for my university, that's one thing that I hope to get is a scale for my apartment because I'm very curious to see. Really? I, I yeah. never weigh myself. I don't, I've never owned a scale uh, since I lived with Dom uh, six years ago or five years ago, okay. whatever it is Fair at enough. this point. But yeah, and and it but yeah, living abroad makes you appreciate certain things, makes you yes. critical of other things. Um, like the other thing that I realized when I came back to the States after being in the Czech Republic was just how far apart everything was. Like I had forgotten yes. how much time I spent in a car. And at first when I first got home uh, back in Dexter, I was kind of like, this really sucks. Like, I really hate having to <laughs> drive at least 15 minutes to get anywhere. Especially but then once you. I Right. But then once I got back in the swing of driving again, I was kind of like, this is kind of fun. Like, I love the scenery yeah. and listening and to if, the tunes. And it's kind of convenient because you can, right. wherever you go anywhere, you're sort of in your own isolated little cocoon and you can enjoy your own music and you don't have to worry about anyone else. And so exactly. it is sort of nice to just be, it's, it's, it's a weird sort of luxury to just be fully disconnected from, from the world right. around you. <laughs> now, the funny thing is China is actually size-wise pretty close to the u.s even though the map doesn't really do it justice and so now here it's a little different because people tend to live more in cities 
But mm-hmm. still, even to get to places around here, like if I want to get to the train station, I think it's about a 30 or 40 minute drive from my apartment. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I'll, I'll find out in a couple of days because I'll be going to Beijing. So we'll, we'll see. But um, so that's a thing that I think, but I'll develop, I think, a different appreciation of it because one, the way people drive here is very different than in the States. Mm-hmm. And two, I won't be the one driving. So it's a little right. different. Right. Um, so, so yeah. What, so what are some other things it. though, Jared? that you learn about um i think that's all i have at the top of my head i, I okay, was I, do you have anything oh yeah i got i got some okay uh, one thing you. though that i think um i think fomo or fear of missing out is a big thing when you go abroad especially the first time you go abroad like now explain explain what you mean by that yeah so so when we went to austria i don't think it was actually as bad because i think you and i were just having such a blast that like I wasn't thinking too much about what our friends were doing back at Albion. Oh, okay, I see what you but, mean. But when I went to the Czech Republic, like I was definitely, I think some of it also had to do with, you know, like I was still, for those first couple of months, I was still in a relationship, so I was definitely mm-hmm. thinking about what my ex was doing, you know, hoping she was doing all right, um, and all of her friends. Um, and then also, too, you know, because I have nephews and a niece, I'm always kind of thinking about them. And in a way, like it, it makes me happy to see how much they grow, but it makes you sad as well because you see how much you miss. Yeah. You know? Like, mm-hmm. thankfully, my sisters do a good job of keeping me in the loop, um, what, what they've been up to and stuff. But like, it's, it's just not the same as being able to be there and hang out with them and stuff like For that. Sure. So, For sure. So the fear of missing out on like major life events, like, you know, ho- holidays are really tough. Like, I was very lucky that in the Czech Republic, um, I cannot say this enough. Like my colleagues really made me feel at home and embraced me almost like like a part of their family. Especially my mentor Ivana, she was so amazing, and I never really felt really. To be honest, I never really felt too sad or lonely during the holidays because I was in. I had such a good relationship with my colleagues at work. You know, on my birthday, they surprised me and they decorated the office and they brought this mm-hmm. really good like check cake that was delicious and it was great you know um so that gave me a sense of home away from home but i can tell you here i already know here it's going to be tough when my birthday rolls around when christmas rolls around it's going to be tough because i'm not gonna i'll be able to like skype or facetime with my parents and my family but i won't have the friend group here that i had in the czech republic so you can't distract yourself you sure of that because it still is early isn't it well, I have already made one friend, so maybe I am wrong, but okay. w- we'll see. We'll see. Because, um, I mean, the thing is, is that here, at I'm at such a large university that mm-hmm. my colleagues don't have the time that my colleagues at the school had in the Czech Republic. Right, right. We don't have, like, a set office where we chill. Um, but, so, yeah, but I think it also makes you realize that, like, I really tried to be present in the moment when I was spending time with family uh, in the States. And I think that's another so you thing think that you appreciate your family more having traveled. Absolutely. So much. Absolutely. And friends as well. And I think the other thing mm-hmm. is too, when you come home for me, um, I try, I really try to spend as much time with my friends as I could. Uh, and I think it's going to be even more when I come back this summer, especially if, if I end up coming back to China or going somewhere else abroad. Um, so I think that's an, another thing is it really makes you value and appreciate your friendships and your family members even more as well. And it also, I mean, not that I've ever had any issues with my family, thankfully, but I think people who have had, you know, maybe hostile relationships with their family, 
I would assume after going away, it kind of gives you some time to mend those wounds. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I experienced some of that uh, like appreciation of the family when living abroad, just seeing, you know, when, on, because family would come visit from the U.S., but it would obviously be less often than if we were still in Michigan. And um, I think when you see like the sacrifice that family members take to, you know, to go to buy a flight all the way to Germany or something like that. It, it also makes you appreciate family a little bit more too. I bet you, you probably experienced that too. Cause your parents have, you know, flown to uh, Europe while you were there. Right. Well, not only my parents, but I think you coming to visit and my good buddy, Jeff coming to visit. Mm-hmm. I think that made our friendships even stronger because yeah, it does. It does show that, you know, these people really care about you if they're willing to fly all the way there. Um, yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I didn't know. I didn't. I don't have to ruin it. I just, I, <laughs> right, right. I well, yeah, it's good to have somebody it. there, though. It's good yeah, to have no, somebody there to go visit. I agree. I'm assuming that's where you were going with that. But yeah, some other things though that I think you learn when you either travel abroad, especially though if you live abroad, is that you get you get comfortable being uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. I will. I think the moment when it really hit me that I was in China was the first time I went to the grocery store. Right. Because because I was hungry, I was tired, and I you went to the grocery store. Right. And I went to the grocery store, which is, you know, within walking distance of my apartment. And I go there and one, like the smell of Chinese grocery stores is very different because they have a lot of live seafood or very fresh seafood there. Mm-hmm. So the grocery stores here, supermarkets here, just have a different kind of smell that you won't get in the States at all. So that was like the first thing that hit me when I came in. And then they have shop assistants here who help you with stuff. But like they were kind of looking at me because, you know, I'm stick out like a sore thumb being a bearded, blue eyed Westerner. And so, you know, or as Jerry likes to call me a white boy. And so, <laughs> so, you know, white boy Chad over here, you know, being the only one in the whole grocery store who's white is, you know, you're walking around and people are definitely looking at you. And mm-hmm. I was so tired. I was just like, ugh, I'm like, just don't look at me, people. Like, I'm just like, you know, I'm just trying to get my food and go, you know. And, and then that's when I realized, like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. At the time, like my Google Translate app, sometimes it works great. Other times it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I still haven't. I've. I've been a bit on the safe side and I haven't bought stuff that like I wasn't sure of yet, but I'm sure as I become more and more adventurous and I'm starting to see, I am slowly becoming more adventurous and it'll, that I, I bet you it'll, it'll become easier to be more adventurous once you also have right. a bank account and oh, uh, for sure. properly hooked up WeChat and all that stuff. Right. Right. And you can and just sort of be a little more free. Exactly. And yeah, right now I've been very careful with my money to some extent um, just because I'm trying to make this cash last me until I n- know I'll have a bank account set up and everything. I don't know how um, much so cash that's, you that's got out, point. but I'm impressed that you've made it last this long because it's been weeks. Well, I got I got enough. Basically, I got a little bit less than my monthly salary from the university. Um, okay. But I had I had a lot of costs that I didn't think of before, and I didn't realize it's not really expensive in terms of U.S. dollars. But if you look at RMB, you know, I spent 400 RMB for my to get my residency permit processed. I spent 300 RMB to have my medical check done. I spent 300 RMB for my cell phone. That was like setting it up and then my first month. So right there, there's a thousand gone. I came right. here with 6,300. Um, having, having moved around a lot, even domestically, I'm very familiar with how quickly sort of does things can add up that you didn't, didn't even think oh, yeah. about until you're Absolutely. there. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. But yeah, but the other thing is though too, I think being abroad teaches you or just moving places teaches you how to kind of be smart with your money and really make it last. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, but I think another big thing too, when you move abroad is like I mentioned, being comfortable, being uncomfortable because yes, pretty much at this point now, when I leave my apartment, I'm kind of out of my bubble, right? Because here it's like all the things I watch are in English, all the stuff I do here, I know is fine. But like, if there's ever any issues, um, I don't have the language skills yet to really negotiate in Chinese. Thankfully, I have that handy dandy Google Translate app that works. <laughs> um, so that's been a lifesaver a few times. Because there's been a lot of times where people will say stuff to me, and I just look at them. And I'm like, so do you still go places and you're like, here we go. We're about oh, yeah. to do this. Let's see how this I mean, goes. I mean, last night when I bought this shirt, I was like, you know what? But the, I think I have moments, I have days where I'm ready and excited to try these things. And then other days mm-hmm. where it's just like, where you just, you get so used to being in a place where you speak the language and then it's like every, everything's yeah. automatic and easy. So there it's are times. It's exhausting where everything is sort of like an adventure and everything has to right. be, you have to like think about every sort of transaction that you're going to do. You can't just it, live. Exactly. You know, Exactly, but that, but but that also I think becomes a part of your personality. Where when you go back to the states, like on the one hand, it's nice, or go back to your home country, you Mm -hmm. know. On the one hand, it's really nice because it's like okay, I don't have to worry about anything. On the other hand, you kind of miss that little bit of thrill, you know. Where going to the grocery store, it's like, what will I find out? And I love the fact, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I'm really trying to try new foods not only at the yes. supermarket but at restaurants on a daily basis right so i yes. found a couple cheap easy staples like ramen from the grocery store that i've been eating here but when i go out like i want to try new restaurants i want to try new foods because it's like what's the point like yeah okay in theory i could go to kfc and burger king every day and eat that crappy western fast food or there's a pretty decent restaurant called hippie food that has really good burgers and they actually have burritos and tacos and stuff um, still haven't tried their tacos and burritos yet, but I, but their burgers are delicious. Um, but it's like, what's the point? Yeah. Like I can get, get all that stuff zone. in the States. Exactly. Um, a couple other things though, that you learn while abroad, Jared is, is communication. Either you learn the language or you learn how to do without being able to speak the language. And right now I'm obviously in the stage where I don't speak the language. So it's a lot mm-hmm. of pointing. It's a lot of saying Jigo, which means this, it's a lot of, holding up my phone with the translation in front of them. Um, <laughs> but you figure out ways to make it work. You know, and that's yes. kind of the, f- some days it's fun, other days it's a pain in the ass. But a lot of days it's fun. And I, th- and I think it probably helps too that you, that you did first have to experience the same sort of struggle in, um, in Czech Republic. And so now there's sort of an, sort of an added level to the struggle with the, uh, you know, not even recognizing the characters. Right. Um, you know, probably less a concentration of people that can speak English. And mm-hmm. so uh, it's just, it probably, you just build on it. And you probably, I would assume, and maybe you can't, you, it's hard for you to know living it, but I would assume that you're, ta- you're tackling the situation a lot better because of your Czech experience. Oh, for sure. I think, I think that's why I haven't felt as big of like a culture shock yet as I thought I would. I mm-hmm. thought I would. I mean, a lot of it though is because my smartphone helps out a lot. You know, I can yeah, use that, like that a translation. Real game changer. Yeah, is a big thing. Um, and obviously, I have maps on it because I have internet on there. You know, I can access a lot of stuff, and and that's really useful and helpful. 
Um, but I think being in the Czech Republic definitely helped me get out of my comfort zone. And although Czech culture, it's different than U.S. culture, but it's still a Western country. Yes. Uh, whereas, you know, China customs and stuff here is very different. Um, but I, I definitely do agree with you, Jared. There, I think that was like, you know, in the Czech Republic, I was kind of like wading wheels. into the water. Exactly. Training <laughs> wheels is an even better example. Absolutely. But one thing, though, too, that I think happens when you when you live abroad is you develop more independence a lot more growth and uh and i think that i've even become while being here in china i've become even more flexible and even more patient um i would believe that i'm surprised by i'm even surprised by some of the food risks and and chances you've taken yeah so so far so good from the little i know about you right but yeah but i think the patience thing what i've realized is like Whenever I go to a restaurant, I'm usually the last person that they want to wait on because I, you know, one, I, I'll, you know, say ni hao, you know, hello, but they see me and they're like, oh, great. Like this guy probably doesn't speak Chinese. Like he won't know what the food is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen some like workers at restaurants get a little frustrated with me because I'm like using my translation app on the menu and they're probably like, oh, come on, guy, like just order, order your damn food already, you know? <laughs> But like, I'm like, I'm sorry, but th- this is what I have to do. I'm, I'm not willing to just point and take mm-hmm. a risk. Take a guess, yeah. Right. Now, if, if I had a bit more money, maybe I'd be more inclined of the idea of trying that. But right now, because I'm trying to say, to really, no, I don't like it. I'll get something else. <laughs> right. But right. But I also don't want to be wasteful either. Um, but yeah, so that's the thing, though, is that everything here takes a lot longer than it would in the States or even in the Czech Republic. You know, my mm-hmm. Czech was decent enough where I could get stuff done. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. But, you know, the, the last thing, though, that I want to mention before we discuss our song of the pod mm-hmm. is one thing that you learn how to do, and I'm still not good at it, and I need to improve on it, but you learn how to, I think, meet people fairly easily and quickly. Yes. But it's also... Uh, you also kind of learn how to say goodbye. Um, yes, and it's that's tough. interesting. It's I, really I agree tough. with you, but I didn't bring it up because uh, I'm terrible at meeting people still. But I do think I have be- I have gotten good at saying goodbye, and mm. um, and I imagine that you you struggle with that a lot too, right? Um, you know, shout yeah, out I to mean, David. It's, right, it's it's tough. Um, it's really tough. I mean, the nice thing is that at least the friends you make in certain countries that you... So this is where it gets difficult. When you visit a place and you make good friends and you only visit for a couple weeks, I think you're probably going to be less likely. Maybe you'll go back, maybe not. But I think it's if it's a place you live for a long time, I would say you're more likely, at least I'm much more likely to go travel there again and visit it because I have friends there. Right. Right. So I think it's a different way to say goodbye when it's someone where you've lived somewhere and you've really developed a relationship in comparison to, you know, you stay in Berlin for a couple of weeks and you meet some cool people at a hostel, you know, maybe you'll see them again in your travels, but it's not the same type of goodbye. And I think you're less likely to maybe see them again in comparison to people that you really developed a strong relationship with. And I would say that's another good thing about traveling or living abroad is that you do develop these connections with uh, places all around the world. Oh, absolutely. I'm just, I'm still terrible about saying goodbye. Um, it's it's tough. It's not just easy. Just because you're a crier uh, doesn't mean you're bad at saying goodbye. That's that's true. That is true. 
But yeah, well, anyways, uh, I mm-hmm. think that's enough for now. We could do another hour and a half probably on how living abroad changes you because there are so yeah, many ways. Yeah, for sure. I agree with but, that. But you know, uh, another way to kind of broaden your horizons is definitely listen to some new music. So we have a special song today from the South African artist. I believe it's, uh, is it Alandre? That would be my guess, Alandre. Right. And uh, the song is called Fur Op Indivator, which I'm not, I, I didn't do my due diligence today, Jared, and translate yeah, this one. Something so about sure water, probably, in the I water. Would think, I would think so. My guess would be like dive into the water, but I could be completely wrong. Could you talk about the song real quick and I'll let you know? Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, so I've come into contact with a few Afrikaans artists or, or Dutch, not Dutch, sorry, Afrikaans or, ooh, that's a, that's a mistake right there. They are not Dutch. Um, Afrikaans artists <laughs> Slipping on in South piss. Africa from uh, a girl I met here named Danielle. So uh, thank you, Danielle, for showing me some of these artists. And this was a suggested artist. And uh, he looked kind of like an old school rock star. He has his long yeah, blonde long hair. hair. And so I thought, okay, I'll give this a listen and see. And this was one of the first like recommendations on Spotify. So this is actually how I found it. And uh, I thought it was cool. Uh, I really like the guitar in the intro, which is really the main reason why I chose it. I really like that part of the music. I will say it does get a little very poppy and dancey. A little bit, the but I kind of like it. It sounds it's very European. It does. It most but, definitely uh, does. And I didn't hate the dancing, I'm, I'm, which is uh, kind of surprising coming out of, like I feel like for me to say, but I didn't hate the dancing. Spit on the water. Oh, okay. Um, is what Fort Op Divatar means. Um, the dancing did, did not seem as cheesy as I was expecting it to seem. Um, and it was a little poppy, but I liked it a lot. And it was, it was uh, like it was poppy, but it was good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to hear the way, you know, um, different languages are sung because there are certain yes. sounds in Afrikaans that are a little harsh. You know, mm-hmm. they have, they're a little little throaty or guttural i don't know however you want to call it but it's it's really cool to hear it and it's it's a fantastic song definitely yes. super catchy for sure yes uh, dude knows how to write a good hook that is for sure um so yeah <laughs> well any other thoughts on the battle, song jared uh oh, no i think you i think you covered it I, I i thought it was a good choice where'd you hear about it you just uh was a re- it was a recommended artist from a couple other artists that oh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Danielle recommended. Um, okay, friend cool. of mine from South Africa here. I so, like yeah. it. So check that out on our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast, and we hope mm-hmm. you enjoy. You betcha. And I'm sure we'll have some other Afrikaans artists coming your way as well. Yes. Well, Jared, speaking of foreign languages, it's time for my Chinese word of the pod, and it is Lu Xing, and Lu uh, Lu Xing means to travel. To travel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mine is, uh, my Spanish word of the pod is uh, lexion. Lexion, excuse me. Lexion. What is that? Lexion. Lesson. Oh, duh. Okay. Yes. Should have known that Learning one. Lessons. Should have known that one. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, travel is a very big one. Well, Jared, it's time for some corny jokes. So I got a couple for you here. So, Jared, why can't melons get married abroad? Uh, why is that? Because they can't elope. Damn, I, I thought of honeydew and watermelon, but not cantaloupe. <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. 
Um, so these two, Jared, are kind of originals. So here we go. I got two for you today. So why, um, why did the people in my mixed dorm in my uh, hostel not look very happy? Why is that? Because it was a hostile atmosphere. <laughs> I like that joke, but I feel like we can improve it wording somewhere, wording wise probably, somewhere. Probably, That's but for I didn't sure. hate it. Any of our any of our stand up listeners or, or comedians <laughs> out there, let us know how I can improve my jokes because a lot of these are terrible. My last one for you, Jared. This is another original. Is what did the husband say to the wife when they were in bed in Stockholm? Um, you're Swede and me crazy. You're not too far off, but Swede dreams. Uh. <laughs> and Swede dreams tonight for everyone listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Well, tonight it's morning for you, and who knows when people are listening to this? So never That's mind. That's true. <laughs> time has time has no boundaries here at the Untranslatable yeah, Podcast. Exactly. That's for sure. Exactly. That is for sure. We're we're right to listen at it any time. That is true. Morning, evening, night. 3 a.m. doesn't matter. You betcha. That's right. Well, anyways, I think it's time to wrap our episode up with a quote of the pod. And I think the biggest change of living abroad or traveling abroad, if I could sum this episode up into one word, I would say it really changes your perspective. Yes. I'd agree with that. Yes. And I think that's... If, 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 if I could like recommend traveling to anyone i'd be like that that would be the biggest reason to do it and that people always that's sort of like even a cliche at this point where you like say you talk about some someone that one might consider to be an ignorant maybe politically now i'm not talking about mm. him specifically and i don't know if you know <laughs> who i was talking about but often a lot of times what people would say is like these people just need to travel more just people just need to get out of the country more and experience the world and a lot of times i would agree with that Oh, absolutely. Or it's 100%. Like you, even, you just have no perspective on, on right. what the world is like outside right. of your little bubble. And I think, I think perspective also, in a lot of ways, gives people um, more empathy. You know, mm-hmm. being able to understand people's different living situations, going around the world, you know, just seeing different things, uh, learning a new language gives you a whole new perspective, better, mm-hmm. better perspective, different perspective on money as well when you travel and live abroad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what, what $100 can do for you in the States versus in Tanzania or in China or Czech Republic or Austria, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. So perspective is the big thing. And I think it's important in life to try to get as many perspectives as possible to really learn a lot and understand our fellow humans. Brilliant. So there we go. Um, thank you for your input, Jared, on our uh, <laughs> recap of this episode. And yeah. I hope that everyone has enjoyed this episode. Let us know, though, how living abroad has changed you at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can slide into those DMs, untranslatable1 on Twitter or untranslatablepodcast on Instagram. Um, you can send us love. a D-mail or an email, whichever you actually <laughs> don't send us D-mails. I don't want any pictures of your D um, to untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Um, you betcha. We would appreciate hearing from you if you have any untranslatables. Any ideas of topics you would like to hear Jared and I discuss, um, we always appreciate that. If you have any stories, we're happy to share your stories on this podcast. And lastly, please do not forget five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. And there you can give us some feedback on how we can make this podcast even better for you. So we hope you've enjoyed. We hope uh, you have the opportunity to travel abroad or live abroad. 
and make some good changes in your life as well. And as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Yekuyame, muchas gracias, and sure, sure.